Well, look at that. It's raining right now, and uh, the power's not on right now, but we're still going to press on. We're still going to record an episode, whether it comes out early or later. We've got to do this episode because I talked about it. It is mid-season report card time for the Anaheim Ducks. We'll talk about that on today's episode of Locked on Ducks, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your Locked on Ducks, your daily podcast on the Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. So I'm looking outside right now, and there's a lot of just drainage happening right now. It's it's bizarre. Hi, folks. Welcome to Locked on Anaheim Ducks. I'm your host, Jason J.D. Hernandez, and we're going to do this despite no power. It's a good thing I'm on a laptop which has portable power right now and, you know, no internet. But hey, you know what? I'm recording this locally. So yay. Good for that. <laughs> anyway, um, don't forget this podcast is free and available across all platforms. I'm on Twitter at StimpyJD. And I'm glad. I'm actually really glad that I wrote out the entire episode on an off sheet like WordPad. So, like, I have the episode breakdown already, so I know what I'm going to say. And what I want to say isn't good for the Ducks. I mean, it has been 41 games, and Anaheim is not quite in last place. In fact, they're third from last in the entire NHL, which is not good for the Connor Bedard chances. Because if you want to get someone of that caliber, you've got to tank. You've really really gotta want to tank and the ducks are trying but not hard enough they're not as bad as the columbus blue jackets or especially the chicago blackhawks the blackhawks are primed to get that first overall pick oh boy this could be a long summer for the ducks but we'll see we'll see what happens draft lottery is in three months let's look forward to those ping pong balls okay So, with it being 41 games in, I've done this every year where I give out a ton of grades on different categories, some of them to different players, to see where the Ducks are at and what they might need to work on. And there's a lot. Last year, I gave out some A's because this time last year, the Ducks were still in a playoff spot. Um, As of this time last year, The Ducks were in second place, no, rather third place in the division, and they were still looking pretty good for a playoff spot. And I even said this grade could remain solid as long as there isn't a second half breakdown. Of course, we all saw there was a colossal second half breakdown, and it's carried over into this season. It's a massive, massive breakdown in the first half of the season. So let's get to the grades. Now, I'm going to start with the general manager. I'm going to give my report card for general manager Pat Verbeek. And sad to say, it is not an A. But he has made some moves that are going to get some pretty solid second round picks this coming draft. In a very, very deep draft, you want as many second round picks as you can get. So I will praise him for making those offseason moves this past summer. Also, he has tried to address some of the concerns of the Ducks. They did get 
burns a little bit as far as waivers earlier, but you know what? He's still new on the job and he's still trying to put something together. That being said, I'm not going to give him an A. I'm not going to give him an F. I'll just give him a solid B for the sake of he's still new. And you still have to trust the process and believe in what Pat Verbeek is doing because we have seen this before. We've seen this with the Red Wings. The Red Wings were awful, awful for a couple of seasons. And right now, I mean, they're not in a playoff spot right now, but they are improved and they are making strides to make themselves a better team. So for that, I'm just going to give them a straight up B. The reason it's not an A is because some of those, a couple of those offseason moves might not have panned out the way he wants, but the kind of contracts he gave out were not bad. Electing to give John Klingberg a one-year contract instead of, instead of having him locked up for like five, six years. Now, looking back now, that's a smart move. You don't want to commit to John Klingberg with the kind of season that he's had so far. He has picked it up a little bit, but all of a sudden, that one-year contract's looking better and better. And if Klingberg continues to score like he has the last two weeks, then maybe, maybe Pat Verbeek can still get a first-round pick for Klingberg. So that one-year contract worked out well. Some of the other contracts... I mean, they've they've been okay. They've been fine. And the other reason I still give them a B is because the Ducks still have a ton of cap room. They can take on a couple of bad contracts if they want and also get some picks as well. So still a B for Pat Verbeek. Uh, these next grades are going to be painful. They're just going to be painful. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to leave that segment really short as is and when we come back from the first intermission i'm gonna talk about everything else it is going to get ugly stay locked in but first let's talk about bet online which is the one place that has you covered and the one place that we trust bet online has you covered this season with more props odds and lines than ever before and that includes all sports including the nfl the playoffs begin this weekend of course, you have the NBA and the NHL, but Bet Online is more than just the major sports. They have all the little sports. They have darts on there for crying out loud. They have cricket. Have you seen the cricket lines on Bet Online? Bet you haven't. They have that as well. They also have boxing, horse racing, a slew of other sports. So if you want to check out the latest lines, head over to Bet Online using either your mobile device or your laptop. Bet Online is where the game starts, and Bet Online is the official online sportsbook of the Locked On Podcast Network. And please gamble responsibly. It's still raining outside, folks. Welcome back to Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. So we are giving out mid-season grades. I just gave Pat Verbeek a B. And now it's going to get really ugly. Because we've got to talk about it. we got to talk about the coaching. In particular, the head coach. I think you all know where this grade is going to go. Um, it, it's an F. It's just a flat F 
for the coaching, in particular the head coach, Dallas Eakins, who is in his fourth year of his tenure with the Ducks, and there just hasn't been much improvement. There's been a slew of games that have been 11-7. Some of that might be out of necessity, but Dallas Eakins still has a couple of decent forwards he could put in the lineup, a couple of decent young forwards that he could put in the lineup, and he's elected not to. So because of that, I that's part of the reason why I have to give him an F. Another reason is still the mixing of lines has been questionable at best for at least four or five games. There have been a handful of times, more than a handful of times, where we've seen the lineups out, and it's not just me. A lot of other Ducks fans, a lot of other Ducks right, like Ducks writers. I mean, I'll give props to a couple of those guys that are still writing. Felix Sicard, I remember in particular, there was one lineup, and he did not mince words on one of those lineups, and I kind of loved it because Felix just kind of let it out one day. Like, yeah, that's right. That's how I feel. The li- the lineups are are a mystery sometimes. We don't know what Dallas Higgins is going to do except for maybe that top line. So that's been a struggle. The coaching staff not doing anything about their lack of goal scoring, the special teams. They've done nothing about it, period. So coaching, flat F. And next, we're going to go into goaltending. Now, this grade might surprise some of you. The goaltending consisting of John Gibson, Anthony Stolarz, and Lukas Dostal this season. Now, keep in mind that there have been injuries. Gibby had been out for a little bit, and so was Stoli. So Lukas Dostal made some starts. He got back-to-back wins, by the way. Dostal has looked pretty solid. Just in general this season. So for the goaltending, I'm going to give it a B minus, and it's going to be a B minus because of the coaching. And I'll give my other reason in a bit. John Gibson has had four games this season where if it wasn't for him, the Ducks would have been completely dead in the water. He's had four games this season with a game score of above two, where the expected goals were expected to be a lot higher than it was, including a recent shutout. I mean, Gibby's had some great games. He's also had some stinkers of games, so that won't help his cause. Anthony Stolarz, he's been solid. He's had a couple of mass starts, but he he's looked good against the Sharks this season. So that's been fine. I would give this grade a C or a C minus, if not... For Lukas Dostal, yes. The bakery was closed several times. And you know what? It's because of Dostal that this grade goes up to a B-, if you can believe that. It's kind of weird for me to say that one player can make a difference. And in that case, one player did make a difference. Because Dostal saw, I think there was one game where he saw nearly 50 shots again. And he saved their butts. He completely saved their butts in a couple of occasions. So, yes, I'm giving a slight benefit of the doubt. 
But I'm being absolutely serious. Goaltending has been fine this season. It's also a B- minus because of the coaching and because of the defense, which is a flat F as well. Defense has been atrocious this season. There have been several times where a goal gets let in because there's no one looking at the front of the net. There's no one looking at who has the puck. There are times where all five defenders are on one side and not looking at the wide open player. There's been times where the defense just lets the offense, like lets the opponents just crawl all over them. There's been times where the defense just gets caught flat-footed. You see where I'm going with this. I could go on. But let's give a little bit of stats just to reinforce my F grade for the Ducks defense. Now, I've talked about shots. Some of that falls on the defense. Actually, a lot of that falls on defense because they don't block shots and they just don't defend at times. (sighs) 22 out of 41 games so far this season have seen 40 plus shots allowed. More than half, more than half the games for the Ducks, they've allowed 40 plus shots. And you're thinking, okay, it's not that bad. Offense has gone up. Okay, offense and offensive pace have only gone up just slightly, not much. Un pequeño. So if you think, oh, well, the Ducks are bad, surely other teams could be just, no, they're not. They're not. The second, the team that's second in the league with allowing 40-plus shots on goal is the Chicago Blackhawks. They are second with eight. Seriously, eight. You got 22, and then you've got eight. The next two teams, the Arizona Coyotes and the Columbus Blue Jackets, have each allowed 40-plus shots Seven times. Let's do some quick math here. Eight plus seven plus seven. What is that? Oh, that's 22, which is the same amount of games the Ducks have done that. So the Ducks have given up 40 plus shots with the same amount as Chicago, Columbus, and Phoenix combined. Combined. It's ridiculous how bad the defense is this season. That's partially why it's an F. Oh, but I could give more. Do you want me to give more? Sure, let's do that. The Ducks have also allowed, by far, the most 5-on-5 high-danger chances in the NHL with 533 in 41 games. At 5v5, they've given up 533 high-danger chances. St. Louis is next. With 428. So they've given up 100 more high danger chances than the next team. How are they allowing this to happen? Well, like I said, they're getting caught flat footed. They're allowing opponents to walk all over them. They're missing assignments. All the stuff that I said earlier falls on the defense. It's an F. It's a straight up F. It's a Traversham mockery. As they would say. That's how bad it is. Offense. C minus. Look the only reason it is even a C minus. 
<laughs> is because the off the defense is that bad. The offense has not been good outside of the first line. Now, this is the highest grade that I'm going to give for reasons. But the highest grade goes to the Anaheim Ducks first line, Zegris, Henrik, Terry. It's a B plus. That first line is a B plus. I just can't give it an A only because there has been a few games where the first line just stopped moving the puck around or they were content just taking a bad shot. Also, a couple occasions this season where the first line was out there on defense and got burned as well. But for the most part, they're fine. But they could still make little bits of improvement. And Z is still young. Troy Terry is still young-ish. Henrique is the veteran there. Henrique has done a great job. Almost enough to give it an A-, minus, but I'm going to leave it a B+. Plus. So that's my grade for the first line. And offense, just a C-, minus because all the other lines... Whew, boy. It, it stinks. It does. All right. We're going to head into the second intermission. And we're going to talk about... Another Well, some more little minor grades I need to give out. And we'll get to that on the other side. But first, let's talk about Built Bar, which is the best tasting protein bar ever. Built Bar comes in a bunch of fantastic flavors covered in a chocolate fondue. Packed with at least 17 grams of protein and only 130 calories. If you want to you know, do well with your New Year's resolution. Some of you may have had that resolution of getting healthier and nothing will help with that like a delicious, nutritious Built Bar. So if you want to try it for yourself, head over to Built.com right now and use promo code LOCKEDON15. Once again, the promo code is LOCKEDON15 to get 15% off your next purchase of Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar ever. Ah. <laughs> oh man. I'm sad that I have not given out any A's on this midseason report card. But we're back on Locked On Anaheim Ducks. Alright. Got a few more grades to give out. Let, let's get to it. Let's just rip off the band-aid, get it over with. <laughs> uh let's let's talk about special teams. Let's do it. Special teams are there for a reason. This season, the special teams are only there to give the Ducks fans pain. Because my grade for the power play is a D+. Yeah, it's not an F. The power play has somewhat improved over the last eight games. They've been scoring goals. They've been moving the puck around. They put Mason McTavish in a perfect spot in the power play. So it is improving. (sighs) Yeah, I've been waiting for that all year. All year, I've been waiting for that fivesome on the power play. Right now, the Ducks are not last place on the power play. They're at 15.3%. Only because it was way worse earlier in the season. It was about 11% clip. It's improved. That's a little bit more like it. 
The penalty killing, you know where I stand on this. The PK is a solid F. And yet they're not the worst in the league. Only the Kraken and the Canucks are worse on the PK. Ducks are at 71.5%. Kraken, 69%. Not so nice. Vancouver, 68% on the penalty kill. It's all around bad. The special teams this season has been almost the worst for the Ducks. I mean, we did have that historically bad power play two seasons ago where the Ducks' power play percentage was below 10%. Remember that? Well, you might because that was only two years ago. The Ducks' power play was below 10% for an entire season. Right now, the Ducks would have a top 10 historically bad penalty kill. It's that bad, folks. Then I look at, you know, some of the other weird stats like, you know, shorthanded goals and what the Ducks have done there. The Ducks haven't done very well in shorthanded goals. They've only scored one shorty so far this season. One. That's it. That's good enough for last place in the entire NHL. Last place because, of course, the Ducks are last in that. Oh, shorthanded. They're just bad. They allow teams to walk all over them and yet not getting that many chances on the PK. It's just not happening for them this season. Now I'm going to give a few micro grades. All right, just a couple of them before we wrap up. And I want to start with John Gibson. John Gibson, I give a C plus. No, I give him a C. Mainly because there have been some games where he's not looked good. But part of actually a lot of that is not his fault. A lot of that has to do with the coaching, which goes back to my F coaching grade. Gibby's been used way too much again. The Ducks have a perfectly fine backup goaltender in Anthony Stolars, who, as we see, has done a pretty solid job as a backup. Then you've brought Dostal in. He's done okay for the Ducks this season. I give Dostal a B. Dostal's been great. As far as other players, and this is where I'm going to get a little bit persnickety here. My apologies for that. Troy Terry, I'm going to give the best grade. Um, I cannot, in my heart, give any A grades for the Ducks right now just because of how bad their record is. Troy Terry is going to get the best grade out of anyone so far this season. Troy Terry gets a B plus 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 plus. It's like that 89.9% on your report card, but you just don't have it in your heart to give him an A minus because I'm going to be that jerk of a teacher right now, so to speak. Troy Terry has been aggressive this season. The shot percentage has gone down a bit. There's still a couple... At this point, it's a couple of little minor things, a couple minor flaws that he's had this season. And I'll just share one of them just very briefly. The one thing that I could see Terry doing a little bit better is switching off... or switching sides, switching off the positions on the power play. There have been a few occasions where on the power play, Troy Terry was supposed to switch sides or switch positions, and he kind of got lost there 
on that or didn't skate well enough going behind the net on a power like it's it's very minute little things i'm being very very persnickety here understand that i think troy terry is the best player on the ducks this season at this point I'm only talking about little minor things, but he is still the best player on this team, and it's not even close. For those saying, oh, Zegers should be an all-star. No, it's Troy Terry. Troy Terry is easily the all-star for the Ducks. Easily. So I give him the best grade out of anyone else. Um, Henrique, I'm going to give a B. Trevor Zegers, I'm going to give a B as well. They've both been good. Zegers, you got to stop tripping, buddy. You cannot let the opponents get under your skin and I get that he's very talented but he still got to know when to slow his role a little bit as far as the new guys Frank Vetrano Ryan Strom I'm sorry to say this but Vetrano you're gonna get a C and Strom you're gonna get a C minus I give him the C minus because he's been out there several times for bad goals against yeah John Klingberg um, came from the Big D. I'm going to give him the Big D minus right there. Klingberg has had a disappointing start to this season. He's going to get traded in the next six weeks. Just depends on what they can get for him. And I think that's all I'm going to give as far as grades for today. I've thrown enough grades. I didn't give out any A's. I'm sorry. That's just how I feel. But I'm sure that's how most Ducks fans feel right now. So what are your grades? What grades would you give the Anaheim Ducks this season? What would you grade? How would you grade Troy Terry? How would you grade Trevor Zegers? How would you grade the offense, defense? Let me know your thoughts on the comments below. What are your grades for the Anaheim Ducks this midseason? All right. We're just going to wrap it up right there. Thanks for watching. Don't forget this podcast is free and available across all platforms, including YouTube and Amazon and Spotify. You can follow me on Twitter at StimpyJD. The show's Twitter is at LO underscore Ducks. And in case you missed it yesterday, um, I'll talk about it a little bit more tomorrow. But as of this season, I am the public address voice for the Coachella Valley Firebirds, which is why I'm recording this now, because there is a game today and, you know, just got to get it done. So once again, I will try to at least get the audio side up this afternoon when I get there. And once again, thank you all for your continued support. It is so greatly appreciated. And hopefully the power is working and the internet's working when I get home. So I can at least get the video up later tonight. All right. Thanks a lot. Really appreciate it. And you know what? Stay safe, guys, because there's already a lot of accidents. It is raining hard out there. Oh, that was the last thing I wanted to mention. Wow, before I go, I almost missed that. Got to give some props. Um, I don't know how many of you guys saw this yesterday, but there was a pretty bad accident that took place yesterday. A member of the Ducks family got in a pretty bad car accident. So got to give it up. Justin Kirkland, who just was released from the hospital. And that's the reason why I left this for last. I remember now. Um, Justin Kirkland was just released from the hospital just this morning. After he had a horrific car accident on Sunday. And it it looks like bad news at first. But good to know that he is okay. And that he's out of the hospital. He will continue to recover. 
So let's all send good thoughts to Justin Kirkland on a speedy recovery. So yeah, just be careful out there, guys. For Locked On Anaheim Ducks, I'm Jason J.D. Hernandez saying have a great rest of the day. Please continue to be safe out there, especially in this weather. Be kind to one another and ducks fly together.